Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Final preparations for the Platinum Jubilee are underway and we've got all the details. The queen obviously, um, you know, she's really taking it easy because the goal is to have her at all of the events. Um, so, you know, they've really changed things up and there's different royals um, stepping forward, doing things that she might normally do. Plus, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle return to the UK with their children as security expert Richard H. tells us what to expect from the big weekend. But during the day, yes, pressure and stress is there, but in terms of actual responsibility, it's that person, actions on, constantly saying what if, um, and, and dealing with any um, uh, anomalies during the day. Plus, Kevin Loder, producer of the new film Elizabeth, A Portrait in Parts, sits down with us to take a look back at her extraordinary reign. So the way our film works is because the glimpses are kind of piled pretty in a pretty concentrated fashion, you do, by the end, I hope, get some sort of insight into the kind of person she is. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and we are about to embark on Jubilee Weekend. We've been talking about it for months and it is finally almost here. I know, it's so exciting. It's it's just palpable in the UK right now. Everyone heads up their bunting. Everywhere you go, you can buy a commemorative mug or cupcake or something like that. It is so exciting over here. Oh my God, I can, I'm, I, I'm not there, but I can feel the energy through the screen. I love it. Right. <laughs> um, we're gonna break it all down, what uh, to expect, what uh, events are gonna be taking place. But before we get to all that, we wanted to see what you guys had to say about last week's show. Joan says, thank you for your programs. You both always try to report the news with a light tone and fairness to all. God bless the queen. I love her smile. Enjoying life at 96 is inspiring. Well, thank you, Joan. We appreciate the happy Aww. comment. <laughs> That's really kind. Thanks, Joan. Yes. And then Flower <laughs> Blossom says, Kate is so beautiful and looks as well as character. Prince William could not have made a better choice. Had he searched for a couple of years, beautiful family as well. They are truly blessed. The queen must be so happy that she will have the right people to carry on the monarchy when their time comes. God bless the queen. Yeah, like we've been talking about for, you know, the past few weeks, the two of them have really stepped up um, with the queen, you know, picking and choosing what events she wants to attend. Um, and they've really stepped up. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see them step into this role. And even with um, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall, we're sort of seeing these shifts very slowly and carefully being made to prepare the public for what comes next. 
Definitely. All right, well, let's get into our Royal Roundup. And like we said, just a few days before the Platinum Jubilee and preparations are well underway. And rehearsals are also taking place, which included Prince William. Now, um, he is checking on his regiment on behalf of his grandmother, Queen Elizabeth. The Duke of Cambridge took on the role of leading the Colonel's Review, a military rehearsal for the Queen's upcoming birthday parade, of course, the Trooping of the Color. Now, as part of his royal duties, William was on hand to pass the Irish Guard fit for their big moment as part of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations this week. William and Kate also kicked off the festivities by tweeting, it's the start of a special week full of celebrations. Oh, and did you see that hashtag Platinum Jubilee now has its own emoji, uh, sharing one of the several hashtags that make crown wearing Corgi, appropriately named PJ, appear on the social media site. I love that. Um, now, this is I a big deal that William, yes, that William is rehearsing because he is now taking the salute, correct? Yes, yeah. So it's a big role for him. But again, it's just these little shifts we're seeing in the monarchy. The queen, obviously, um, you know, she's really taking it easy because the goal is to have her at all of the events. Um, so, you know, they really change things up and there's different royals um, stepping forward, doing things that she might normally do. So William was there um, for the, the dress rehearsal, if you will, um, because that's what he'll be doing on the day. So it's all getting so exciting. I mean, everything from like the new emojis, you know, <laughs> like the corgi emoji is so cute. Um, but even seeing like all the, you know, down in London, and it's amazing how much preparation is underway. You can't see Buckingham Palace for all the scaffolding that's up for, you know, getting ready for the press and the concert. And it's just unbelievably exciting. It's so exciting. And like we said, you, like you said, the Tribune, the color kicks off the weekend events, which will be filled with parades, church services, horse races, and so much more. So let's kind of break down this schedule of events. Like we said, it kicks off on June 2nd with the Trooping of the Color, but there's a lot going on. And if you are in central London, yeah. you know, plan ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling my friends, I'm like, plan and plan again, and then double check because they're closing roads all over the place. So yeah, Thursday kicks off the events of Trooping the Color in the morning, which is an annual event, but I think this year is extra, extra special. Um, following Trooping the Color, uh, there is a balcony appearance, which we've, you know, which has been discussed at length. Um, and it looks like we'll really just see the Queen, um, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall and um, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and their children. Uh, you know, it'll really be only the working members of the royal family. And then I think we'll see an opportunity to see just the heirs. So that I think is really exciting. And it's hard to wrap our heads around, but that's going to be a historic moment. You know, that's a photo that's going to end up in the history book. So that'll be so cool. Um, Friday is the service of Thanksgiving at St. Paul cathedral which i think will be really emotional for lots and lots of reasons the queen is very religious but also because the archbishop of canterbury has come down with covid and can't be there to perform the service so i'm sure that that was terrible news the queen you know being very religious being very close to the archbishop of canterbury i think that you know that was probably disappointing for her on such a big day um and then following that, I think in there's a luncheon at the Guildhall, a Guildhall reception after that, where we might see some members of the royal family pop up. Um, and then Saturday is Derby Day, which I know we talked about the Epsom Derby a few weeks ago. Uh, so the Queen will be in attendance because she loves her horses. And we will see different royals around the UK between Friday and Saturday. Um, Saturday, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge are up in Wales mm -hmm. uh, ahead of the big evening concert, the party at the palace, which 
I was down at Buckingham Palace earlier this week and they already have like the stage and everything set up. It's going to be so cool. I just can't wait to see that. Um, I think it's going to be such an exciting event. And then Sunday is the big lunch, which is when everyone across the UK is having their village uh, jubilee parties. I know my village is hosting one as well, which is very exciting. Um, And we should see members of the royal family out and about. Um, You know, I know Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall are going to be attending one of these big lunch parties. Uh, And I think that's just a really fun community based event. It's going to be so great. And like you said, that big concert that's taking place, it's going to feature Queen and Adam Lambert, Alicia Keys, Duran Duran, Diana Ross. Yeah, um, it's broadcast live on BBC One. So it's going to be a full jam-packed weekend. It's a bank holiday, so people have off. So I'm sure a lot of people are excited about that. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's definitely going to be um, really cool. And they're also, I mean, they're already starting to do some things at Stonehenge. They're showing off different portraits of Queen Elizabeth um, on the stones. It's the coolest thing I've yeah. ever seen. It's really this awesome. This is so interesting. Yeah, so they're projecting seven portraits of the Queen to represent the seven decades of her reign and they're just projecting them onto these you know historic rocks it's very very cool to see and again we talked about the concert you know there's a there's also a concert being held in wales the same premise with different artists so across the uk and i really think internationally there's so many celebrations going on um of you know different things like these big historic monuments and places paying homage in their own way you know the tower of london has done this big super blooms event which is actually ongoing throughout the month and it's just incredible to see all these um different places different organizations honoring the queen in their own way it just it's so much fun to see it really is and you know it's a jam-packed weekend so the queen is definitely going to be getting her rest so she took a <laughs> brief break at balmoral um, before everything kicks off uh, she typically visits balmoral this time of year and stays through what is usually like we said the holiday weekend in the uk um so she just took a little downtime and you know kind of a little rest and relaxation before she's going to go kind of full speed ahead this weekend yeah i think that was probably really good for her to really take a step back you know she came she was spotted um heading back to london on tuesday ahead of the festivities so she has a day or so to get back into the swing of things um but i think that really is like her relaxation place you know so she's that she must find it really restorative oh definitely so I, i can't wait to see what events she decides to go to what events that she's kind of taking a little bit of a step back but we know that she will definitely be there for derby day because that is one of her favorites (laughs) she won't miss that it's gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait to see what everybody's gonna wear it's going to be great it's gonna i know it's so exciting and like you said seeing what she does you know where she does prioritize her energy and where she maybe takes a step back again it's just those small signals of you know what the future looks like definitely all right well before heading to the uk megan markle quietly visited uh the herbie ham activity center which hosted an emergency blood drive to help the victims of the uvalde shoot uh, school shooting so megan placed a bouquet of white roses held with purple ribbon at a cross for a nine-year-old uzziah garcia while at a makeshift memorial um she a spokesperson for megan and harry told harper's bazaar that the duchess of sussex visited in a personal capacity as a mother to offer her condolences and support in person to a community experiencing unimaginable grief I mean, this is just, it's tragic, it's heartbreaking. And, um, you know, it was nice of her to, you know, take some time and go there and honor the victims and, you know, do what she can in a quiet manner. I mean, say, say what you want about her. I thought this was a beautiful thing. 
I think that, you know, such a, a horrific atrocity um, mo- was moving for all of us. I think every one of us, especially those of us who are mothers. Mm-hmm. And I think that for Megan, who had the means to go and help in her own way, um, that was a very powerful decision. And I actually read something really interesting on social media where someone pointed out that, you know, the news cycle is really short and as horrible as it is to think about, it was probably, you know, Megan being there kind of lengthens the story and makes sure that we, you know, don't forget about these families and these volunteers and the blood drive and her presence is, you know, provides a reminder of all those things that are going on. So I thought it was a powerful thing for her to have done. It really was. That's a really good point because, you know, you know, like you said, the news cycle is short and people forget about these things. And I know it's it's horrible to say that. I mean, we can't really imagine, you know, the news cycle moving on, but it does. And it's, you know, her being there kind of, you know, made sure that this was headline news again and again and again. again. Our hearts go out to everybody there. It is just, like I said, the unimaginable. I can't even imagine what these people are going through. It's, it's terrible. It really is. And, you know, do what you can donate if you can. And uh, it's, it's terrible, but you know, Let's move on, shift gears a little bit and spill some royalty and continue talking about Prince Harry and Meghan because this is interesting. So there's reports that they renewed their lease on Frogmore Cottage. So ahead of the Platinum Jubilee, which um, they are attending, as we know, Princess Eugenie and her husband, Jack Brooksbank, have vacated the property and Meghan and uh, Harry will be staying there during their, uh, their time. Now, a source told the Daily Mail that the lease renewal is a signal that they aren't going to disappear as they could easily give up Frogmore since they now live full-time in the U.S. So I wonder if this does maybe mean that they're going to be spending a little bit more time um, in the U.K. within the next, you know, couple of years, or if this is, you know, or if it's just that's their safe spot to stay once they, when they decide to do come over. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. So we just learned this week that a source revealed that Princess Eugenie and Jack Brooksbank have are going to split their time between the UK and Portugal where Jack has just accepted a position. Mm -hmm. So I think Princess Eugenie and Jack not needing the house anymore, definitely moving out, you know, you know, leaving the country for half the time, Mm -hmm. um, really left the house vacant. And I wonder if Meghan and Harry sort of, you know, said, okay, well let's keep, uh, you know, a hold on it, you know, one foot in the door if we need it. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of bought them time to still decide what, you know, the next couple of years look like. So it is exciting. It, it is interesting, I should say, that they haven't sort of really slammed that door shut. Yeah. Um, I'll be really interested to see, you know, what this looks like. You know, what what does it mean? I don't think we can speculate too much um, because I think there's a lot of variables at play. But I thought it was very interesting news to hear. Very, very interesting. Uh, well, the Daily Mail is also reporting that William and Duchess Kate will not be meeting Harry and Meghan's daughter, Lilibet, who is celebrating her first daughter, or first daughter, her first birthday <laughs> on June 4th. There is, it is their first daughter. Um, right. <laughs> the couple will reportedly be in Wales for the Jubilee celebration, like you mentioned before. Um, it is said that there will be a party for Lily at Frogmore Cottage. I mean, it, I'm sure maybe over the weekend, maybe they can pop in and meet her. They just might not be there for the party since they- Right, yeah, I'm one, yeah, I agree. I think yeah. the story is more about how they can't be there for this party, yeah. which I'm, with the way that the schedule is packed, I don't know who's going to be there for the party. Right, right. I have it's a feeling that- The whole weekend most, is a party. Right, yeah, like the whole weekend is a party, but most of the royal family will be 
you know, out of town or busy or exhausted or preparing for this and that. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great opportunity to see, you know, their, their friends from the UK, um, maybe more than the, the family, just cause the family will be busy. Um, but yeah, I think this is a little bit of a non-story in that I'm sure that they can find, you know, the half hour, whatever it takes sure. to meet Lily and to let the cousins play. And, you know, that's such a special relationship that cousins have, even when they're apart for a long time, they somehow know it's when they come back together. So. Oh, definitely. I'm sure that they're going to make some time to meet. And especially, um, if, if the rumors are true that they are settling this rift, uh, the Mirror is reporting that William and Harry have had FaceTime calls with their children, which has allowed them to rebond. You know, we've been talking about this story for years um, and hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully they can settle their differences and hopefully everybody is coming back together. Um, and, you know, we're going to just have a peaceful, fun weekend. Yeah. Again, I think that that relationship between cousins is really interesting. Now that Archie is older, Archie and Louie are only about a year apart, so they can kind of chit chat and play and interact and that you know would go a long way to healing a rift when your kids you know love each other like that oh definitely all right well now it is time to break down the royal rules and security will certainly be on high alert during this jubilee weekend with thousands and thousands of people um wanting to catch a glimpse and wanting to get in on the action so we recently sat down with richard h who is the director of operations for mobius international security who told us what goes into preparing such a massive event take a look what kind of goes into preparing a security for a massive event like that? And how long in advance do, does planning uh, occur? Major, major royal functions take a considerable amount of planning. Um, it's not just the days of the event um, where all the work goes in. Nearly all of the work is done in the planning and preparation for it. There's a huge amount using so many diverse agencies um, that uh, um, the, the, the basis of which is to provide that most secure situation possible so that the protection officers on the ground do not have to worry or concern about aspects of it because they've already been catered for and there's other people overseeing it. So, for example, when you have a, a royal wedding, for example, or such as the Jubilee coming up, um, you could expect preparations to be written down um, years in advance. And of course, you will, you will have a template of uh, aspects to work from for, for such um, uh, events. So it's templates and basic templates to work from that over the months nearer to the, uh, the event itself well, would be tweaked and refined. Um, many meetings, many discussions, and many much amount of uh, manpower involved as well. So for a royal event, you can expect um, intelligence flows from the security agencies, um, protection command, counter-terrorism command, special forces, um, covert operators within the crowd, um, and all of these security counter-terrorism um, services going on in the background um, when what you have as a protection officer on the ground is a sole concern for that individual and his immediate space. So the uniform presence deals with an outer cordon as such, mm -hmm. um, the, the, if there are any crowds nearby, um, is catered for. Um, and the protection officer only has to deal with his principal in the immediate vicinity of them. Um, so they would react to anything they see and anything to they hear. So everything is pretty much done for them when you're actually concerned about a protection officer and the overwhelming amount of work he needs to do and the pressure and stress that he is under. In fact, on the day, yes, 
one is quite relieved that the day is over <laughs> at the end of it successfully. Mm-hmm. You can breathe a sigh of relief. But during the day, yes, pressure and stress is there. But in terms of actual responsibility, it's that person, actions on, constantly saying what if um, and, and dealing with any um, uh, anomalies during the day. Yeah, certainly no easy feat. I'm sure, um, like we said, security is going to be on high alert and uh, they're going to be doing their best to protect everybody. Yeah, I think it's already madness. Like I said, I was in London earlier this week and it's just crazy all the preparations that are already underway. So I'm sure it'll be very, very secure. <laughs> Everyone will be safe. Very, very secure. Well, in the lead up to the Jubilee celebrations, if you want to take a look back at Queen Elizabeth's life, make sure you do it by watching the brand new documentary Elizabeth, a portrait in parts. It is absolutely fantastic. And we recently sat down with producer Kevin Loader, who took a look back with us at the Queen's extraordinary reign. Take a look. Congratulations on the new film, the new documentary, Elizabeth, a portrait in parts. It was absolutely beautiful. What made you want to make this film about Queen Elizabeth? Well, it, it, it was something that came about with my old friend and collaborator, Roger Michelle, who's now sadly no longer with us. But it was a lockdown project to start with. We were figuring we couldn't make a normal movie like we like we used to do every year or so um, because of the studios being closed. And and so Roger came up with the idea of doing an archive documentary about the Queen. And and to be honest, I was a little skeptical, not about the archive documentary, but about whether we could make a film about the Queen that felt different and fresh and original and. Um, so that was the, the the idea we kicked around for a few days. But I have to say, he, I think I hope we I hope we achieved our aim anyway. It definitely did. Yes, I thought it was so interesting and such a unique um, way to present all the information. Um, was there any really interesting footage, or what was the most interesting you know footage that you were able to pull from the archives? Well, it's so hard to say because you know it's over ninety years of it, isn't there? I mean, it, yeah. you know, the oldest piece of footage in that film is 90 years old um and i don't know i I think sometimes it was the surprising things that that you hadn't seen before like the visit to germany um you know the visit to dresden i'd never seen that footage before i love all the horse racing stuff you know (laughs) we we know here in england that the queen loves her horses but you know seeing her at the races and just being able to put together that sequence of her over the years going horse racing was a real thrill. And it still makes me smile every time I see it, that sequence. I totally agree with you. When she's running back and forth from inside oh, to outside, I, I love that. And like when she's, <laughs> I haven't worn binoculars in so long. <laughs> I just love, I feel like that's where you see her most like what I would imagine is herself behind closed doors and, you know, having those carefree moments. Did you feel that as well? I think so. It's so hard, isn't it? Because she is the most public and famous woman in the world in many, many ways. And yet, you know, she's managed to maintain this extreme privacy mm-hmm. behind closed doors. And, and we only get these glimpses. I mean, I think part of the way our film works is because the glimpses are kind of piled yeah. pretty in a pretty concentrated fashion. You do, by the end, I hope, get some sort of insight into the kind of person she is. Mm -hmm. And I think what really does come across is her sense of humour. You know, I really come away from it feeling she's got a wonderfully wry sense of humour. And and clearly she has used that to cope with some of the rather tedious things she has to do in her official position. You know, in his notes, um, Roger said that the Queen is fiction, but she lives. Is that how you (laughs) wanted to... um, 
show a different side of her, but well, also have that mysteriousness as well. Well, I think that's the thing. She is an enigma, isn't she? And yet she's among us. I mean, you know, without wanting to sound quasi religious about it, but I mean, it is an extraordinary thing that she's both something that's, um, you know, very, very familiar and yet very, very unknown. And I suppose that's sort of what the film wants to investigate a bit as well. Mm -hmm. The idea that she is the Sphinx. She is the Mona Lisa. You know, she's this icon. And yet, what do we really know? Um, Apart from the fact she works really hard and, and, you know, has done this job so brilliantly for 70 years. You know, you kind of, you know, you use movies and uh, clips and, you know, other, you know, uh, history making uh, events to kind of tell the story as well. But you also use the Windsor fire as the backdrop for a lot of like the latest Royal scandals, you know, Prince Andrew, Harry and Meghan. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to use that as the backdrop to tell those stories? Well, you know, the film's not really in, you know, it's focus is not on the missteps of the children or right. the crisis mm-hmm. that the monarchy has faced as its principal focus. But obviously you had to reference those things and you have to remind everyone that part of what the Queen has had to deal with over these years, both as the head of state and as the head of the family, is some of those problems. Mm -hmm. So we thought actually, you know, taking our lead from the Queen's famous speech about the Annus Horribilis, Mm -hmm. that we would just put it all in the section and use the Windsor Fire, the terrible tragedy of the Windsor Castle Fire, to... um, it's kind of just stand really for those people who would like to see the monarchy torn down and think it's an anachronism and think it's, you know, out of time, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a view that I think has been largely suppressed in this country because the Queen has done so brilliantly in, in her job. But who knows, you know, there are, there are people who think the monarchy is a ridiculous institution for the modern age and Maybe after she's no longer among us, those those voices will get louder. Yeah. But now I have to tell you, I'm standing in the middle of England and it's about to be Jubilee fever. So there's, <laughs> there's a lot of royal flag waving coming up over the next few days. Definitely. The British, we love a party, I think. Um, <laughs> what do you, do you hope the viewers take away from this film? Because it's so different from, you know, all the Elizabeth documentaries that are coming out. So what do you hope... That, you know, people take away from this one? I hope they get a little glimpse into who she is. Um, I think you can't help but come away feeling a sort of warmth and affection and a huge admiration for her. And I hope, actually, that it, it sort of communicates something of the swirl of the time, very long time. And partly the fact that she has made no effort to change very much in the middle of this swirl of history mm-hmm. allows you to kind of um, reflect, really, on how much has changed in her 70 years, you know, as Queen. Yeah. Um, some of the early footage feels like it's, you know, it is from a different century, but it feels like even more remote than that, you know. It feels like a different era. It feels like it connects us back to the beginning of the 20th century almost. Uh, and here she is still among us, you know, um, doing what she does. Yes, it is such a great, um, a great film. And like we said, it is in cinemas right now and it is streaming on Prime Video starting June 1st. So take a look if you can. Yeah, that one was really, really interesting, really different from some of the other ones that have come out lately. So I really enjoyed it. I did too. It was great. All right. Well, now it is time to check in on our pint-sized palace. And of course, this big this is going to be a big <laughs> weekend for the kids as well. George, Charlotte and Louis um, are going to have a very visible role and will join the Duchess of 
Cambridge at the Tower of London moat for the Super Bloom Flower Show. Like you said, they're probably going to be on the balcony for this uh, for this balcony photo op. Um, I think it's going to be a big weekend for them, too. I think so. I mean, I'm so excited to see them. It's so wonderful just to see that next generation and, you know, to see them all as a family unit, I think is really beautiful. But you and I have um, children around Louis' age, and I am very <laughs> <laughs> interested to see how this plays out I'm, um, I, if he's anything yeah. like how charlotte was back in the day we're going to maybe get some some uh ton, yes. tongue sticking out photos things like that I, yes uh, i live for it <laughs> that's but yes, it shows that, that the royal great. kids just like our kids just like ours <laughs> i love it well i'm so excited for this upcoming platinum jubilee it is going to be a fantastic weekend and of course next week we are going to break it all down the events the fashion and everything in between and it's going to be great yeah, Christine, thank you so much. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, thank you so much. Next week's going to be so much fun. There's going to be so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Um, and we appreciate your all your comments and your uh, subscriptions. So please keep them coming and we will break it all down next week.